0: The Ambitious Mum Podcast Different women, different lives, different ambitions I'm Kate Moore Youssef and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition, motherhood One of my concerns is,
1: oh my goodness, my children have done no homework But I think it's really important to remember that they're learning other valuable lessons as well
0: and everything in between. The
1: reality is is I think that the best thing that we can give our kids is our own happiness.
0: We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent and I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about.
1: When you really and truly look after yourself and you've got the energy to do that, you can stay more centred and you can help your
0: child who is screaming. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get started with this week's podcast, I wanted to tell you about my new sponsor, Nanu. Those who know me know how much I value my sleep, and my pillows are integral to this. The power of sleep should never be underestimated, and with Nano, they are helping us with the most personalised sleep experience available. So, if you're a pillow snob a bit like me, you'll know it has to be your own specific type to achieve the best night's sleep. And creating a Nano pillow is so simple. You just go on their website, which is nanusleep.co.uk, and tailor make your perfect pillow according to your weight, height, favourite sleeping position, and preferred softness. The information is then used in some magic pillow making algorithm, basically creating a personalised pillow just for you, and that's all for thirty five pounds. Genius. And um, as parents, you know life can be so busy, and a good night's sleep is essential for our mental and physical well being ensuring we're on top form for our families as well as our careers. And sleep is that factor that can literally make or break our day, as well as protecting us from illness, stress, and future disease. So if a personalised pillow sounds like your perfect option to a better quality sleep, um, have a look at nanosleep.co.uk or simply search Nanusleep on all social media platforms. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. It's episode 11. I hope you are all doing okay. I hope you are well and you're healthy and you're holding up under these um, truly unprecedented and very worrying times. Um, This week's podcast I was debating what to do. Uh, I wasn't sure if I should put it out. I wasn't sure if I should carry on. Um, It's really been something that I've been wondering about. Does anyone even want to listen um, to what I've got to say? But I have decided to go from a place of service and I want to be able to help. And um, even if two people listen to this podcast this week, then at least um, I've helped two people. So this week, I speak to a really lovely lady called um, Orlina, and she is a doctor, um, Dr. Orlina Kerran, and um, she is a paediatric doctor, but she is also now a health coach, which is what I am, and she helps, she was originally helping children with, who were fussy and picky eaters, and she now helps women who are wanting to maintain a healthy lifestyle and diet while they are juggling busy households, work, careers. We had a lot in common. We both have four children and she lives in Spain. So there's a slightly different perspective with what's going on out there. But essentially we are having a conversation and hopefully helping and and imparting some very manageable advice to make our lives easier, with no pressure, no guilt, and just to get through each day without, I guess, losing our sanity. So I hope this podcast really helps. We try and maintain a positive mindset throughout it and really kind of honing in on the things that we should be grateful for, that we should be looking back on in years to come of of times of true uncertainty and fear but also converting that to times of gratitude and really being aware of what we've been granted, which is time with our families and time with our children and time out of the rat race. And yes, there are um, hugely worrying financial times uh, from work perspective, our careers, our businesses. And we, we don't know what's to come. We don't know what's around the corner, but we do know that at the moment we can be at home with our families and we can enjoy whatever quality time we can, so I hope this helps. you know it's not fairy tales and and princesses this we 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 do talk about what happens when we feel like we're losing our heads a bit, we talk about what happens when the kids are having a meltdown, how to maintain our relationships with our partner, so many different aspects, and our fears you know the the true fears that we're we're worrying about as parents. Here it is. I would love to hear your feedback as always. And please do share. Share the the episode with anyone that you think needs an uplifting, positive message from this. Because I I really hope that's what it is. Please do let me know what you think. And uh, I hope to speak to you all next week. Um, I have no idea who's going to be on next week because everything's changed. But I hope to find either a guest of relevant or maybe i'll just do something on my own but maybe you can let me know who you'd like to hear from or what you'd like to hear about as well because these are truly um, unprecedented times as i said and um, i want to be able to bring the right content the most topical content to you that is going to give you the most help and be of the most service so do be in touch let me know and here is my conversation with orlina we have Dr Orlina Kerek with us and she is talking to me from Spain where about in Spain are you Orlina?
1: Hello and um, thank you so much for having me we are just north of Barcelona so we live in a tiny little town called Palafrugell on the beautiful Costa Brava so it's about an hour and a half from the big
0: city Lovely. And today is Tuesday and my podcast comes out in a couple of days. And so I wanted to keep this as relevant, as topical as possible. And um, I think it goes without saying that we are living in truly unprecedented times and we are going through things that no one's ever gone through before and um, between orlina and I we've got eight children so we've got four children each I think we connected through this um, and orlina is also a pediatric doctor and now a health coach and that's also something we have in common as well and we've just been having a sort of a chat off um, off of the um, the podcast just about what we're going through at the moment and we just want to be able to offer I think through this conversation as much help and advice and just whatever we can do just to kind of guide you through these really tough times as parents and I and, and guess, you know, parents that are working either on the front line or working from home and hopefully um, it'll be an uplifting, positive um, conversation and not too much doom and gloom because I think we've got enough of that from the news, haven't we?
1: Yes, definitely. My first tip is... Mm limits the amount of time you spend reading the news (laughs) and social media to a certain extent as well actually because I think one thing that we have to be really mindful of now is our energy levels and a lot of that is our you know how positive we are in thinking and it's so easy to get to buy into that stress and fear because there is a lot of stress and fear out there but we really want to manage that and one thing that I find myself is you know hooked onto the headlines and I realised that I've already read that article but you know essentially the headlines are you know not great at the moment so of course we want to stay a foot of what's going on but I think also we want to limit the amount of time we spend in that sort of negative space.
0: I think it is very much about preserving energy isn't it and you know whether it's our mental or our physical energy we are Um, As parents now, especially mums, we are at home with our kids. We are trying in some way to to maybe work, but essentially, you know, we've got kids running around us. There's some form of homeschooling that needs to be done. Um, We're being tested like no other time. I guess for for me my mental energy um, is is probably the most important because that's where you know i have my patients i can um lose my rag with my kids my my husband what advice would you give anyone now that needs to preserve their their mental and physical energy and where would they start
1: Well, I think there's two things. I think the first thing is being aware of it. So we went into isolation last week and it all happened really suddenly here in Spain. So, you know, on one day they said, we're going to stop school activities in between the different schools. The next day it was, oh, this is the last day of school. And then the day afterwards, it was total lockdown. You're not allowed out of your house. So it didn't give us much time to prepare. And I wish I had done more panic buying. Mm. But, um, you know, I think... Really and truly, the first thing is being aware of how you're feeling. So I noticed on the first week that it was, you know, I had this underlying stress and this almost like panic rising. And that's not, it's not usual for me, but I was aware of it. And the way it manifested for me was snapping at my kids. And I think that change in routine of thinking, oh my goodness, I have to get so many things done and I've got the kids. And so I took stock and thought, you know, you can't go on like this. And I have my set of my tools of how my normal life is. And so, you know, in my background, I've been working on the things that I use regularly to help me. And so it's a big change because I would be swimming and exercising and all of that stopped. But so some of the things that really did help me were meditation. And, you know, if you're not used to meditating, I think now is a really good time to It's that time to just give your brain a rest. We spiral down into these negative loopholes, you know, like watching the news. But, you know, that also has a manifestation in your brain. So for me, you know, my mind runs away with like, what if, what if, and painting worst case scenarios of what if I were to get unwell and be in hospital and all of these things. And of course, those are valid thoughts. That is the fear that we all have. But... It doesn't serve us to live from that place the whole time. And I think with meditation, we can use that time to really internalize, turn off those thoughts and really, you know, bring our energy and our emotions up.
0: You see, I, I, I yes, I, sorry to interrupt. I totally agree because with meditation, if you don't do it on a regular basis, it is almost, it's very off-putting to even think about where to start but there's just even I mean I find that at the moment I'm not getting you know even sort of ten fifteen minutes in. But if I can do five minutes, just to help balance, even those those five minutes is making a difference. So I don't think you know um, you know we we need to sit there sort of twenty minutes in silence. Um, even I mean, would you say sort of five ten minutes is enough just to sort Anything of you can
1: manage? And and I think as well you know, it, it's what works for you. So I normally, my routine would be on Monday, I go to a yoga meditation class. And so I've tried to replace that with me sitting down and doing a bit of yoga meditation. It doesn't look anything like the class because I haven't got the teacher helping me, but it's having that time. Whereas at other times, I might just do five minutes before I go to bed. And, you know, as you say, sometimes it might just be five minutes of turning your brain off. There's so many apps and guided meditations now that you can use, that, you know, you can do 40 minutes easily if you get a guided meditation, if you have the time to do that. But it's just working out what's right for you, and getting it into your routine. One thing I would say is, if you're trying to turn it into a routine, then, and think, so for example, I'm going to do 10 minutes before I go to bed, you're better off actually doing that every single night, even if you just do two minutes, because you want to teach yourself that habit. So You just do two minutes, even if you don't do 10 minutes. So you just get into that habit of doing something really, really cool.
0: And I think also you do see the effects afterwards of even two or three minutes or five minutes of just switching off your brain um, and just allowing yourself sort of just time away from all that external noise. And I think once you see the the benefits then the five minutes might turn to seven minutes and nine minutes and you know by you know by the end of the week you could be doing 15 minutes um so i think i think that's a really good piece of advice Um, i know in your i'm I'm putting inverted commas here real life before before coronavirus hit us and things were just sort of swimming along you help um busy women with their um, diet and lifestyle and I know that in these times of such uncertainty, we're all getting, you know, each day by day and um, maybe our diet is, is, is not what it would be. How do we keep ourselves feeling healthy and well from a a, a mental perspective and a physical perspective without putting serious amounts of extra pressure on us to, to, you know, to be making sure that we're eating our five a day and all of that. For me as, as, as a mum, things are going out the window that normally I would, I would never have allowed such as crisps and biscuits before lunch. Normally I'd be really strict about it. Um, I, 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 throwing stuff on the table for lunch because I know I've got to make dinner again a few hours later. Things aren't as um, strict as they were. How, are we, how do we move forward and keep ourselves and our families healthy without putting too much pressure on on ourselves?
1: It, it's a really good question. And I think the first thing is to get, have some compassion for yourself and allow yourself an amount of time to adapt. And this is what I saw last week, particularly like my first few days were just total, not crazy, but so, so different. And then I just realized that I needed to adapt a little bit, give myself a little bit of leeway and think about you know what is important to me and my family right now and it might be that you say do you know what healthy eating right now is not my priority, I've got something else that is my priority and you know what if that's the way you cope that's the way you cope. You know these are times of emergency now and we've, it depends how long we're going to be here in this state of emergency you can change things, but you, know, you can do things for two weeks. You can say, okay, healthy eating, we're not doing that for two weeks. Then you can reassess it and think, okay, we've done this for two weeks. Now I can start to introduce healthy eating again. So I think that's the first thing is allow yourself some grace and allow yourself, you know, some adaptation and think about your priorities. So your other question was really about feeling good. And I personally think one of the things that we really need to be mindful of is movement. Because when we're so caught up in such a small area, it is actually quite difficult to move. I've been wearing my, um, my Fitbit. It's actually a Garmin 2 watch. Now, there's a backstory to this in that my husband gave me this for my birthday in February. And I'm an open water swimmer, but obviously I only do open water swimming in the summer. And in the winter, I'm in the swimming pool. And I secretly really wanted a guitar for my birthday or not so secretly, I'd asked for a guitar. <laughs> when he gave me this, I have to confess, I was a little bit disappointed. I woke (laughs) up in the morning with that excitement of like, oh, hooray, I'm going to get a guitar. And handed me this small box. And I was like, yeah, that's clearly not a (laughs) guitar. So when I first had it, obviously, I didn't want to sound hugely ungrateful. And, um, you know, it was fun to have it. But I kind of thought, oh, do you know what? This doesn't make any difference to my life. I go to the swimming pool and I do my training and it's kind of useful to go, oh, look, you've done 2.5 kilometers today or whatever it was I've done i go, it's inaccurate, it doesn't work because <laughs> of this. But so now I'm actually finding it really interesting because it tells me how many steps I'm doing around the house. And on some days I notice I'm doing hardly any. So my normal would be about 10 to 12,000. And, you know, some days it's 2,000 and I think, wow, that's hardly anything. However, it is actually really easy to run around a few times and suddenly add on an extra thousand steps. And on other days, when, for example, on Saturday, we clean the house, so you know, you're know you moving around a lot, and they'll be like, oh, wow, I've done 8,000 steps today. So it is quite good to have something to monitor your movement and really become more aware of it because our routine is so broken. And I would say, as far as movement goes, just make it fun and enjoy it. We've been doing seven-minute workouts with all the kids. Yeah. We haven't been doing them perfectly but it's fun. We're going to start salsa dancing. It's just about making it fun and keeping up that movement, particularly for women over 40, because you know we don't want our muscle tone to disappear. And we do need to work on our muscle tone, not
0: heaps, but you do have to keep moving. So, It's interesting what you say about women over 40. And I guess all women, um, we, we've got our hormones to play with. Um, and maybe a lot of women that are listening to this is sort of either perimenopause or, or going into menopause we are we, we we're trying to look after ourselves the best that we can and this is just kind of put, you know stopped everyone in their tracks and we've got all this extra pressure now of being around our families and being around our kids and almost trying to be at the helm i mean i know i'm speaking personally here that um you know i've really had to step up and my resilience has got has got to step up my um, I've really had to manage the way I speak to people, my anger levels, walk out the room if I feel like I'm about to lose it, because if I lose it, I feel like the rest of the family are going to lose it. And that's a lot of pressure on women. And, you know, I think movement is something that we desperately need for our, our mental health. And, and we were only told last night that we are only allowed to go out, go out once a day for um, any form of exercise and if you don't get out that once a day and it's not and it's only or you're out only it's 15 minutes that's not enough so i love the idea of saying, you know taking it salsa dancing I'm, I'm trying to convince the family to do um zumba because i just think we need music we need energy
1: exactly but you know my advice to you is just do it because You know what kids are like, they will just join in. So I last night started putting on a salsa video and, you know, my kids are like, oh, mom, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just going to do this. And then suddenly I've got four kids who are trying (laughs) to do with me. And Zumba is another great thing. I think I might try Zumba as well, but I've never done Zumba.
0: so. Yeah, if I can do it, you can do it. I have no rhythm whatsoever. But I just kind of thought, you know what, it's it's high energy. And at the moment we need that, don't we? We need anything that's going to lift our spirits up.
1: Music is another, like music I think is magic. You know, I think it's Dumbledore in Harry Potter and he has some quote about music being the best kind of magic. And it's true because, you know, you put on sad music, you feel sad. You put on happy music, you feel happy. It's one of those ways of really changing our emotions. And emotions are sometimes things that we don't really have that much control over. But I do think the two ways of managing your emotions in terms of, well, you can manage your thoughts, but you can also change your emotions with music And meditation is the other way. But, you know, music is really easy. Put on some happy, cheerful music and, you know, stomp your way around. And as you say, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have rhythm. You know that saying, dance as if nobody's looking. Well, right now, nobody is looking. So just go and do it and don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, without meaning to be too trivial about the situation, because I know, you know, there's a very um, serious undertone to everything that's going on but from a sort of a a, a less serious perspective of all of us being in the house and you know actually joining together as a family and doing things that we would never normally do and spending time with each other um, do you feel in some way that this is there are going to be a lot of positive things that are going to come from this
1: Yes, definitely. I really do, actually. And it's interesting, because I was talking to a homeschooler yesterday, because one of my concerns is, oh my goodness, my children have done no homework. Mm. But I think it's really important to remember that they're learning other valuable lessons as well. So, you know, particularly if you've got children, you know, a group of children, and they're learning how to, you know, connect together. Now, I'm always trying to teach my children about that. But quite often, it's easy to let these things go, you know, they might be grumpy in the morning, and then they go off to school. And, You don't really resolve it. But when we're all together, it's really a lesson in demonstrating good emotions. And as you say, you get grumpy, but then you demonstrate to them how to control your emotions and how to go, Okay, I need a bit of time out, guys, now I'm going to go and do something like five minutes meditation or run around the garden or sit in my room and just really get in top of my emotions. And I think that's one of the really exciting things that they're learning.
0: not being taught this at school anymore and you know the level of resilience that they're going to have coming out of this and you know the conversations that we're having around the table every night and normally they were saying my kids were saying to me last night what we love about this is that every night we're sitting around the table and eating together normally one of them would have football another one would be um you know, another after school activity and we'd all be running around like nutters and, you know, half eight, one, you know, we'd finally all be home eating at different times and we'd be like ships in the night. And, you know, they, they're loving the fact that we are spending time and sitting around the table and, and talking. And, you know, normally I would never sort of say to them, you know, tell me about what you're worrying about or tell me if you've got any concerns and let's check in with our emotions. And there's a lot more, I guess there's a lot of deeper, more emotional conversations that we're having with each other and, and teaching the older kids um, to to be vulnerable and teaching them that it's okay to, to feel really bad and sad and out of control. And I'm hoping, I really hope that this, I know a lot of people are worried about the psychological effects that, is, you know, the kids are going to come out of this and You know, they might feel isolated. They might feel like they can't connect to their friends again. I don't know. But I just hope that we will have a generation of children that will be a lot more vocal about their emotional needs.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think another thing, I don't don't know about you, but one of the things I see is that my children, you know, I don't want to say this in a negative kind of way, but I can't really think of another way of saying it. But for example, they never want to do anything. So they don't want to go to school. And we, where we live, we spend three months. We have a long school holiday. We have the most beautiful beaches near us. And my children are totally spoiled because they haven't seen any other life. But they don't like going to the beach either. They complain about going to the beach. and Obviously, they complain about, about leaving the beach. You know, it's that typical story. They complain about getting in the bath. They complain about getting out of the bath. And although I learned to ignore most of the negative thoughts, it's it's easy to see them. But one of the things that they all complain about is going to school, despite the fact that they actually quite enjoy being at school. They've got friends there. They have a good time. And I think this is one of those things where it will really teach them gratitude for what they have. Because it's very easy to think about gratitude in a sort of superficial way. So we try and do gratitude at dinner time. And I'll say to my kids, what are you grateful for today? And, you know, they go, oh, I'm grateful for my skeleton and everything. And they say that without really thinking about it. But I'm hoping that now, by the time they go back to school, because they are beginning to say, oh, I miss school now. Yeah. (laughs) That they will really go, do you know what? I actually am grateful for going to school and this opportunity and for all the, you know, the things that we took for granted before, being able to go for a walk. You're lucky you can go out for an hour. We're not allowed, my children have literally not left the house in, since a week ago on Thursday the children here are not allowed out wow. of the houses. and there's police circulating around and you know I see children occasionally out and about and think you guys better be careful because they're giving out fines here.
0: <laughs> wow I mean I've got a feeling it's going to get to that here um so we're at the, you know while we can we we're going to go for a, a walk but um yeah I mean that's what I'm trying not to do and, and I would definitely give that advice to other people is not to think past tomorrow or the next day Um, apart from maybe food and maybe sort of checking your cupboards and seeing how we can you know feed the family for the next few days but from a, a psychological perspective I have to just say right let's get to the end of today let's make sure we've got an activity planned for this afternoon maybe a film to watch for this evening and we'll wake up tomorrow and we'll start again that's for me that's my coping mechanism because when i hear people say oh you know september they're not going to be um, we're not going to be able to do anything or maybe further along i don't know uh, that is when i i have to switch off
1: yeah um, i think speculation that's the problem is is people <clears> it's that fear of the unknown And, you know, we actually don't like too many choices. The human brain doesn't like choices and we particularly don't like the unknown. So I think that idea of, well, we haven't been told whether our kids are going back to school after Easter or not. So, yeah, I just don't think about that. But on another level, I do think about there will become a time when things will become normal. I don't know when that time is going Mm -hmm. to be, but at some stage, things will normal down and life will return to some semblance of normality. I don't know how that will look and when it will look, but that this isn't the rest of my life. You know, this is a period of time and I'm going to make the most of it. And I, do you know what? I actually am going to enjoy it for what it is. And I don't mean to say that in a, in a, you know, sort of trite way, but actually we have been having good fun. We're yeah. closed up. We're safe in our house. I know that my children are safe. My husband's safe. I'm safe right now. We've got our health. we're having fun together and you know fun with um you know you can always see the positive in things and I think just now as you say we have to take one day at a time but with that view of there is you know there is the end in sight at some stage
0: yeah
1: enjoy the journey as we get there I was just gonna say enjoy those little moments as well that, you know, those like little cuddles when your children cuddle or when you cuddle or when you just have that small little, oh my goodness, I love this, sitting holding your child's hand or reading a book with them or just, you know, cuddling up watching a movie. Those simple pleasures that we have that we take for granted, or have taken for granted so much, now you really have to just drink them all in and go, wow, I am lucky that I have got this. Because right now there are so many people in a worse situation than us. Yeah. And, you know, I'm super lucky.
0: I think that, that mindset is really, really important. And that is something that I'm, we are trying to practice as a family. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be the odd meltdown and tantrum and what, you know, someone's going to lose it. But the, that level of just being grateful for the small things now i think is what's getting us as a family through you know the day and you know i do and i think about a lot of the the other people especially the the parents who are having to work you know the, there's doctors there's nurses there's people out there running the country for us to make sure that you know we are eating and, and getting you know whatever supplies that we need and you know there's so many different elements I, I think a lot about children who are only children you know they don't have siblings and you know uh, I've never been more grateful to have a big bustling family because even though I'm cooking cleaning and tidying non-stop and you know going to their bedrooms and they've got like half a cupboard of of you know glasses and bowls in there I'm, I'm I don't care because they've got each other to to look after and there's just so many other people that are way worse off that I I'm thinking about constantly and very very grateful to that are that are helping but um I want to make this podcast this episode is as positive and as uplifting as, as we possibly you know we possibly can in these circumstances and I wanted to maybe have a little chat about how we as as women can maybe create a, a healthy balance between eating well, looking after our families, having maybe some time out, maybe the relationships with our partners as well. And i hoping that we come up, come out of this, um, stronger and more connected as possible. And there's not going to be an abundance of divorces that come out of this because I keep hearing this kind of, Oh, I, w- I want to be a divorce lawyer after all this, this is over. Have you got any, maybe advice for how we stay healthy as, as adults
1: I think you know when you said earlier when I'm grumpy my children get grumpy and it all revolves around me I think that's totally true and I think my advice would actually be the same as when we aren't in emergency times and the first step is to think about your own needs and prioritize your own needs and I see this with so many um, mothers Because, you know, we're so used to putting everybody else's needs first. And that makes sense, right? Because we've had babies and babies need our care 24 seven. And then gradually they become more able to look after themselves. But we're used to constantly doing that. And we kind of forget about our own needs and our own needs include, you know, all of the things that you've mentioned, healthy eating, exercise, our mindset. So things like meditation, but actually The reality is, is I think that the best thing that we can give our kids is our own happiness. And that when we do look after ourselves properly, we have that energy to turn up and help our kids so that, you know, when the kids feel feeling grumpy instead of you feeling grumpy as well, which is difficult. That's a difficult thing to do. Yeah, because we have mirror neurons. And so when you've got a child shouting in your face, you want to shout back at them. That's just normality. That's just being human. But so. When you really and truly look after yourself and you've got the energy to do that, you can stay more centered and you can help your child who is screaming and, you know, then it doesn't get passed around in this big negative spiral. And what you want to be doing is spiraling upwards. So the first step is to recognize that your needs are important. And from there you can think about, okay, so what am I going to do first? And I teach healthy living with four pillars. So there's nutrition, there's exercise, the sleep. Sleep is really, really important. Yeah. If, if you're thinking about weight loss, sleep is really important. But sleep is also really important just as part of healthy living. And you know, there's so much that we could talk about sleep, but let's just leave it to we need to have eight hours.
0: It's difficult in these times because normally I'm a relatively good sleeper. I'm finding that I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm waking up in the night and I'm thinking and then I'm finding it hard to get back to sleep. And I think quite a few people are like that now. And again, uh, it's that pressure, isn't it? It's like, oh, I'm lying there in the middle of the night going, I need to be on it in the morning because I need to make sure that I'm stable and happy and balanced for the kids. Um, And there is that pressure. And, And I think in these circumstances, if we're not getting the sleep that we normally get, should we have that compassion for ourselves? Do we need to be, you know, or is there anything that we could be doing to enhance our sleep?
1: Well, how you sleep is, um, I think you're totally right. A lot of people, when you wake up at four o'clock in the morning, that's normally a stress thing. And it's normally because your brain is busy working and you've got some underground stress, which isn't helping you. So my first tip would be, make sure that you prioritize sleep and make sure you get in the habit of allowing yourself to have your eight-hour sleep because there's so many people who don't do that now. Actually, because of these times, because we're not commuting, it should be easier to do that now. So you know, you go to bed at ten, you wake up at oh my goodness, I can't think, seven, like
0: eight. seven, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it depends. I would say give yourself half an hour to fall asleep and things like that. Yeah, how you are, but there's so many people who, in normal life, you know, they have to get up at six and they don't go to bed till midnight. Well, clearly that isn't enough hours sleep. So that's the first thing is that really just make sure that you are strict with yourself and you give yourself the time. And I would say, you know, you want to get into a routine, you know, okay. On sometimes on Friday and Saturday, particularly when we had friends around, which obviously we don't do now, but you know, and then you ask about, well, what do I do when I'm lying in bed awake? Well, number one, I think is, you know, try and let go of those thoughts. And that's where your meditation is going to come in. The more you practice meditation, the easier it is for you to do that. And, you know, perhaps you might need to do a little bit more meditation in the daytime, you know, so before you go to sleep so that you can just manage those thoughts. But the other thing is, yeah, don't pressure yourself to go to sleep at that time, because the more you're pressurizing yourself and thinking, oh my goodness, I need to go to sleep, the worse it is. So you can just go, okay, I'm just lying here and I'm relaxing and I'm resting my body and it's all fine. And you know we will just see how it happens and I'll give myself compassion the next day. So perhaps I will have a little bit of a rest or something like that. But I would also recommend that you get up on time as well. So you wanna get up and if you can get out into the light if you can, first thing in the morning. So you're telling your body, hey, it's morning time, particularly as we're confined to home. And our natural rhythms are getting disrupted because we aren't getting the natural light that we would do. Yeah. If you've got a garden, go outside first thing in the morning and just walk around. And that signals to your body, Hey, it's awake time now. And it starts making your melatonin levels get where they're supposed to be.
0: Yeah. I did that this morning. Actually, I I did exactly that. And I I took a, a, a coffee and actually went barefoot on the grass um purposefully just to like ground myself just to energize myself and um, and just to kind of say right this is the start of the routine this is the start of the day and yeah exactly all our routines are shot to pieces and so i think in some we have to have some semblance of of normality but something else i, I would i i'm noticing that i'm finding and um, that has helping me sleep better is to make sure i'm not watching anything um on the news in the evening um and am just watching, uh, at the moment I can't quite um, watch anything too heavy-going or anything too sort of gritty that involves a lot of concentration, but I am watching kind of some light-hearted stuff, I'm watching comedies, um, short episodes I'm watching, and by about 10 o'clock I'm kind of like, right, I'm going to switch the TV off, I'm going to go into bed, I'm going to read... And again, I'm trying to read anything that's just going to take my mind off things. And um, and that I have found that the past week has definitely helped me fall asleep better Um, and and sleep sort of more sound, I'd say, more soundly.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. Because screens apart from anything, so you've touched on two things there. Screens do emit lights that interfere with our sleep. So, you know, on your iPhones and your screens. And also it's that keeping your brain awake, you know, Mm. and... I think you're right, negative things as well, right before you go to bed, it's the worst time. So yeah, I have a curfew as well. Like I'm not allowed on my, my phone, even though the phones, they do have a, you know, a blue light setting that you can use, but it's not just the blue light. It is the stimulation. Yeah. The stimulation and, you know, having reading is fabulous reading or meditation, a little bit of um, gentle stretching. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend doing any physical, you know, cardiovascular workouts before you go to sleep. But yeah, sleep hygiene is is really important. So those things that you've touched on are fabulous tips.
0: I mean, it's, it's hard to, we don't know what's coming. We don't know what, you know, week by week is, is coming. And I think, first of all, I think what we've had a conversation about now has been really helpful because it's, and none of it is rocket science and none of this is, is complicated. I think it's a lot of just self-awareness, isn't it? And remembering that we do have these tools at our disposal that don't cost any money. I think, I think the movement is key. And I think, this element of just self-compassion as well and kindness and not putting pressure on ourselves moving forward. So each day, whether it's a glass of wine or having a piece of chocolate or we're having, you know, and I'm not talking about binge eating and stuffing ourselves with sugar and, and kind of giving you the green light just to kind of put all your healthy eating to one side. But I think that in these times, if we allow ourselves a little bit of, space and room you know for a bit of comfort i don't think it's a big deal and i think we can have that um, allowance and and not be too hard on ourselves
1: i would talk about it as a celebration as well like i have to confess that we've been drinking a little bit more beer now i don't normally drink alcohol very much at all my husband's been unwell so it's really (coughs) helped me not drink alcohol um but recently in the you know in the confines of being at home we've had a glass of beer or two I tend to have, so alcohol is another thing that will upset your sleep actually. So my Mm -hmm. secret trick is to have it at like four or five in the afternoon when the sun is shining so that you can metabolize it and it won't affect your sleep. But I also think it's a really good idea to go, okay, I'm not using this as a coping mechanism. There is, you know, alcohol does have some relaxation to it. We know that of course it does, but it's about going, do you know what? I'm celebrating being here in this little patch of sun in our back garden with my husband because, Hey, we're alive. And it's amazing. And, you know, I think when you do those things, whatever it is, whether you're eating chocolate or things that, you know, you consider not to be healthy and you go, I'm going to do it, but do it and really, really enjoy it. Go, yes, I'm in this a hundred percent. I'm doing this. Don't do it and feel guilty. Do enjoy it and really love it.
0: I think that's really important is that it's the removing the guilt. So I've been drinking Probably more red wine than I normally drink during the week. Um, I don't tend to drink during the week, and um, I've actually been having a glass of red wine and enjoying it way more than I normally would. And I like your suggestion of having it earlier on, because you actually feel a bit guilty sometimes thinking, "Oh, we're having a glass of wine at five, five, six o'clock, you should wait till eight, nine o'clock." But actually what you're saying is it's better to have it earlier on, let your body metabolize it, and then your sleep is less um, disturbed from it.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's really interesting. It's a cultural thing here as well in Spain, that people, I don't think people drink as much in Spain as they do in the UK. And I found that quite, you know, a change when we came here. But the other side is that you see people drinking really early in the day. So, you know, at 10 or 11 o'clock, I'll pass... (laughs) past cafes and people will have either a glass of wine or a beer and i'll be sort of like oh my goodness it's really far too early for me <laughs> but you know breakfast beer is what they have
0: <laughs> well yeah i mean i think maybe in a two, two or three more weeks we'll be all doing the spanish breakfast beer <laughs> but um, but no it's been this has been a really great conversation. I'm very conscious that I don't want to overwhelm people with too much information. And um, I don't want to put any more pressure on any of us, you know, having to do any more than, than we're doing now. And essentially what we're doing, like you say, is that we're in emergency times. Um, and whatever we're doing as parents and, and you know, being the best Best that we can do in the under these circumstances i think we need to just be congratulating ourselves each day for getting through and and, and I, I love what you've been saying throughout the conversation about just really embracing what what we've got and enjoying the time that we've got as families because fingers crossed this doesn't happen again and fingers crossed that we will look back at this time and our children will look back at this time and say do you remember when we played rounders and football every afternoon in the garden do you remember when we sat and had family meals and you weren't racing here and daddy wasn't at work and all the things i know there's a lot of underlying worry about finances and people's work and i know and we haven't even touched on that but um if if we can just take from this as as humans as as something a lesson that um, we will connect hopefully far better Moving forward as communities as families as friends as as parents, whatever, that I think we we will take this with us for the rest of our lives and I hope we don't forget about it in you know a few months later, and we all go back to our craziness i yeah. don't I don't know if you I, I really I believe so strongly that if we can take the positives from this and not go back to the way we were and we can Build on it and learn from it, and use this as our new foundations of 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 living. Then, then it's been worthwhile in a way.
1: Yes, I think we always have to focus on the positives and always build on the positives.
0: Oh well, thank you so much for this, and I'd love to speak to you again another time when we're out of this, and you can tell us a little bit more about what you actually do sort of on a day to day basis with um, with helping. Um, women who are, are working and trying to be healthy and, and everything and maybe we can maybe get together for another podcast and and give some good tips about about that once we're out the other side
1: fabulous i would really love that thank you so much
0: <laughs> and is there a, a website that anyone if they want to sort of look to see what you're doing
1: um i do have my own podcast called fit and fabulous at 40 and beyond and my website is dr orlina.com which is dr O-R-L-E-N-A dot com. And yes, as you say, like I was a pediatric doctor and I did a lot of work on when I moved to Spain on picky eating. Hey, guess what? I had my own picky eaters. Hmm. And so now what I do is I help women who want to eat healthily and lose weight, but they also have to feed their family. And it's, you know, combining all of these things because it is difficult, isn't it? When you think, okay, I want to eat in this way and my kids just go, oh, yuck, I hate it. So that's Hmm. really you know, where I I get to. But it's the same kind of things that we're talking about today. It's that giving yourself permission to actually start allowing yourself to do these things.
0: Yeah. And funny enough, um, when we were sat around the table yesterday and I said to the kids, You are gonna have to become less picky and less fussy as I have to just use what's in my cupboards and what's in the fridge. And we're eating one meal as a family i'm trying very hard not to um you know um make one for this child and that for that child it's like this is what's for dinner if you're hungry you need to eat it and i hope also from this experience that um children will become less picky and less my children at least and they'll just you know accept what's on the dinner table for for each night because um you know there's the variety is, is probably going to be going down as things move along and um yeah so we'll see for me that's an experiment if uh, whatever vegetables I put on the table let's see what they eat and what they don't eat I might be in wishful thinking at the moment and reality might kick in
1: (laughs) well I think you're right I think you're right I think it depends so picky eating is a spectrum you know and there are some children who just don't like stuff and you know they'd rather eat their favorite foods and there's some people who genuinely you know they're scared of these foods and they don't want to eat them But, you know, what I say to people is not to pressure your children to eat, but to always make sure there is something acceptable for your child. But that doesn't mean to say that they will eat them. So, for example, today at snack time, my daughter, she's a very actually adventurous eater, um, but she wanted an orange. And I said, you can have a clementine because we need to eat the clementines up. And she got cross with me. And so I said, look, you can choose between a clementine, an apple, Mm. and Peanuts that we had, you know, the shelled, the ones that you have to take the shells off. Now she was cross and grumpy and she wanted to have a different apple rather than the apples from last week that needed using up. And it's much easier as a parent to be able to go, this is what's on offer, knowing that you know it's not anything that's disgusting for her. She's just grumpy about it. So you can either choose to eat it or you can choose not to eat it. And I think a lot of what happens in reality in normal times is that we know that there is an option there. And so we just go, oh, it's fine. You can have the other thing. Whereas when you actually stick to here's something that you can eat if you're hungry eat it if you're not hungry for this you're not actually hungry so it's fine you don't have to eat and you know she ate a clementine in the end
0: <laughs> like they always do
1: <laughs> yeah but i do think you have to give something acceptable like if you yeah. kid that think that fish is disgusting and you give them fish and aubergines which my children <laughs> ate, then that's not fair because yeah. you haven't given them anything but equally if they're just like, oh, well, you know, I'd rather eat cake than carrots. Well, who doesn't want to eat cake rather than carrots? But that's not that's not what's on offer.
0: Yeah, I think I feel like this is a whole other podcast. And it, it yeah. I think maybe as time goes by when, you know, and, and I don't want to use the word rationing or anything like that. But as the supermarkets become less, um, I guess they're offering less choice, then maybe we, we can have another conversation about how we can help mums. You know, feed their kids and and cook in a more simplistic way if you're happy with that
1: that would be amazing I'd love that
0: okay great well thank you so much and it's been really really great conversation thank you
1: it's a pleasure goodbye
0: so that is this week's episode done I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast I'd love to know if some of the insights resonated with you or if there were some takeaways that you're possibly able to apply to your life I would really love to hear your feedback and perspective on today's conversation as well. Perhaps we talked about a topic that sparks something within you or you have something to offer to the other listeners. Either way, I would love to hear from you. In order to help grow the Ambitious Mum community and allow the podcast to be heard by other people, please do rate, subscribe and share it across your social networks. This will really help with the visibility of a new podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under coaching by Kate and do use the hashtag the ambitious mum podcast so I can find your comments easily. So please do get in touch if you have any more to say. I'll also provide all links to my guests and my contact details on the ambitious mum show notes too. See you next week.